0: me,
1: Back once again, Popheads. This is issue 188 of the Tomcast Podcast coming to you from Dryland because I don't fuck around with cruise ships. My name is Tom. Thank you so much for listening to this quality independent pop culture podcast. Woo! You know the best way to reach out to us. It's on social media, Tomcast Podcast on Twitter and Instagram. Email the show, TomcastPodcast at gmail.com. And if I'm still playing The Misfits, it must still be Halloween. That's right. We are closing out Halloween month. With a strong one and unique entry into the podcast lore, uh, you know this Halloween we've been doing some 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 things a little different here. You know we're not doing the the movies that are all about getting the, the scares and giving you the nightmares and the creepy crawlies. It's it's been more of a fun uh, look into in the Halloween, and we, you know we kind of do that on the podcast seasonally. We 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 mix in a fun Halloween fl- flick like last year when we did Fright Night versus Fright Night. Uh, but this year we kind of expanded it for the entire month by like by covering movies that could be considered you know non traditional as far as Halloween slash horror genre goes, um, and and that is no different today. We wrap up this month uh, with an absolute banger of a flick in my opinion. I love this movie so so much. It is it has got some of the horror elements to it. It has uh, action adventure fun dialogue a fun story. Uh, it's well directed. Solid acting. A really great cast that, uh, at the time the movie came out in 1998, a lot of these actors weren't even, like, you know, you know, known. And I don't even, known may not be the right word, but recognizable, you know? You see a lot of these actors when you watch this movie. And you're like, oh, I know who that guy is. I've seen that guy in and so-and-so. And there's a lot of that in this flick. Great cast. Uh, and, and, and we'll talk about it a little bit more as, as we get into the show. You know what movie I'm talking about. We're talking about 1998's Deep Rising, starring that mega action hero, Treat Williams, you know him, you love him, you treat him. <laughs> so, oh boy, I'm ready to get to it. I'm so so very very excited for this episode, and, and and for Halloween in general. You know, we're just having a good time with all the all the great content that we're putting out for you all, and hopefully you're enjoying your Halloween season. You got the pumpkins carved, you got your costumes ready to go, and we're gonna do a little trick or treating later. What do you think? Pretty good. I'm okay with that too. Uh, let's get out in into the show right now. We we've, we've kind of shifted. You may have noticed we've shifted. the the reading of the official members of Pophead Nation to the end of the show, uh, just because uh, we want to get the flow. We want to get that flow going a little bit faster, a little bit faster. So we're going to thank those amazing people, the official members of Pophead Nation, at the end of the show. So you know what that means. We're here already. It's time. Sit down, buckle up, hold on to your butts, and buckle up again. Let's go.
0: I'm beginning to fear that our friends here may be some kind of... Strange offshoot of the Akeo Toya family. Oh, the Atoya family, and to think I was starting to worry. At four thousand feet, the Toya are about as long as a pencil, with bodies about the size of a golf ball. But those at twenty thousand feet have been found to eat full-grown sharks. At thirty or forty thousand feet, well, you do the math. This is uh, this is not good. Are we talking some kind of mutated sea monsters here? Who gives a shit what they are? Just tell us how to kill these motherfuckers. They are very crafty. They hide in burrows and catch their victims with spiny tentacles, and then they, they crush them between massive jaws.
2: Yeah, and then they eat you, right?
0: No, they drink you. They drink you alive. Sucking all the fluids out of a body before excreting the
1: skeletal remains. All right, he's back and he's joining us once again. We're closing out Halloween with 1998's Deep Rising, written and directed by Stephen Summers. Please welcome our special guest, not Stephen Summers, my brother Mark, who is also a fan of this movie. Mark, how are you doing, sir? What's going on? Happy Halloween.
2: I'm good. How are you? Happy Halloween.
1: Uh, yeah, man, uh, you know, things are good. We, we're we're just blasting through these Halloween movies. And, and we come to the end of October, basically. And uh, I guess what's sort of on brand for us at the Popcast is we're doing something a little unconventional. Not necessarily a traditional horror film, in a sense. Right. But there's some elements there, you know?
2: They, uh, yeah, a few.
1: A few elements, but a, a, a sort of a, a throwback to the, a good old-fashioned monster movie.
2: Yeah, it's a
1: creature feature. I was gonna ask you about if if you say it was a monster movie or a creature feature, and and you already sort of answered my question for me. Thank you very much.
0: I mean, it's kind of the same thing.
1: It's kind of the same thing, in many senses. I feel like sometimes though, you say monster movie, and people instantly go to like Godzilla and King Kong, and you're like, well, yes, but th- those are sort of a different level of monster movie, right?
2: Yeah, I guess maybe once they get a certain height. <laughs>
1: yes, exactly. Once your your once your monster can scale buildings or just step on entire cities, it's a little different. Yeah. <laughs> Before we start talking about this movie, I I did I have a, a a little question for you. I was very curious. You know, it, it's it's Halloween time. It's October. It's the fall, and in the fall, there are um, many seasonal items that begin to hit the market, Mark, and many of them are pumpkin spice infused. And I was curious your thoughts on pumpkin spice items. Is there something you like uh, or are you a hater of the pumpkin spice items? Like, how do you feel about these,
2: these things? I, I, I think it's gone overboard okay. in, in recent years. So I guess, I guess the past decade, it seems like everyone's crazy for pumpkin spice, but you know, I, every now and then, I might have a pumpkin spice latte, and by every now and then, I mean like once every couple of years. <laughs> um, I was, I was, I was at the the liquor store the other day. Mm-hmm. I was looking for some kind of oktoberfest inspired beers, and I couldn't find any. And the only thing they had that was remotely autumn esque was pumpkin ales, which. <laughs> which I did not buy because my one experience with pumpkin ale was not a good experience. So, Mm -hmm. so I guess I'm, you know, I feel like I'm, I'm even keeled about it. Some things are good. Some things are bad. That's, that's fair. Oh, it's fine. It's It's fine. that people like it. That's fine.
1: Yeah. There's, there's a handful of breweries that I consider to be qualified to make a pumpkin beer. Um, I don't know which ones you saw, so I will not comment on them. Uh, I I do tend to enjoy the pumpkin items. Uh, but uh, there is a line. There is always a line, Mark. We cannot cross the line sometimes. I particularly enjoy it in... Um, for some reason, pumpkin-flavored things and spicy items is really, really good to me. Uh, and then yeah. as, as uh, something to go with sweets, you know... Like a, like a danish with some pumpkin spice going on. That's nice. I don't know if I want some of the other things though, like pumpkin spice infused chicken burritos or something like that, you know? No, thanks. Not doing it. Yeah, that
2: that's pretty weird.
1: Yeah, cuz there's some weird stuff out there, man. But, but when... um
2: you're you're not a fan of pumpkin pie though, right? I am a fan of pumpkin pie. I'm not a fan of whipped oh, you cream. Are. Okay. Okay. No, cuz I didn't think you'd like pumpkin pie, but so, I...
1: so what I've discovered over the years is that I do really like pumpkin pie. Uh, but I have one caveat, and it goes against the pumpkin pie that is made in our family. Uh, I don't care for that flour flaky, the floury flaky crust. Uh, you know that that our mother makes for the pumpkin yeah. pie. I prefer a graham cracker crust. Heavily. <laughs> I listen. Our mom takes the time to make that dough by scratch, you know, by hand. So uh, I, I, I I eat it. I just prefer the graham cracker crust. I'm
2: sorry. I Yeah, the one time I had pumpkin pie with the graham cracker crust, like it was fine, you know, but it, it maybe it was just because it was different for me. I, I just thought it was a little strange.
1: <laughs> yeah, so I, I again, pumpkin pumpkin desserts are good, usually pretty darn good. I don't know if you've had pumpkin okay. ice cream. That's fantastic. No, I have oh, there's No, there's a... There's a little mom-and-pop store you can go pick it up at called Trader Joe's. They have uh, pumpkin pumpkin ice cream. It's delicious. Hey. <laughs> but, yeah, we brought that up because this is holiday time. But we're not here to, to get into all of those pumpkin items that are in my refrigerator and freezer right now because that could take three hours. We don't have time for that. We have right. to talk about Deep Rising, once again, 1998, written and directed by Stephen Sommers. His big uh, directorial debut, I'm correct. Is that not so?
2: no. No, he do, he directed a couple things prior to this. But this is like I, his, I know,
1: his first big thing, though, right?
2: Yeah, this was. I mean, this was the first time I heard of him. Yeah, it was the first time I had heard of him too. I don't know if this is what got him the Mummy, but um,
1: I think it I'm was. Sure it I, I think this was what got him got him the the gig uh, doing the the Mummy reboot with Brendan Fraser and Rachel Weisz. Uh, because right. I, I, this movie tested very positively with the, with the Hollywood Pictures people.
2: Yeah. Um,
1: again, we said it already. It's a monster movie. It's it's sort of a throwback in a lot of ways. Uh, in some ways, when you watch it, it's it's a little it's, it it does ring of the mid to late nineties. But you know what are you going to do? Right. <laughs> um, what is, what is your memory of seeing this movie?
2: So I saw this movie in theaters. Um, a friend and I saw it and we were both incredibly bored one night and we just decided to go see a, a movie because or we saw this because it was kind of the only thing. Neither one of us was terribly excited, but we thought, oh, well, maybe it'll be like a good, bad movie and we can laugh at it or something like that. Um, and then we both ended up actually really enjoying the film so
1: yes I I, was, yeah. I think based off of your recommendation uh, I saw this in theaters as well uh, it, it, and I'm pretty sure I saw it with at least two-thirds of the G podcast hosts I, I okay. believe we all saw this together at, whether at the Rio theaters in Rockville or at the um, the Aspen Hill Cinema uh, uh, J- Rockville adjacent <laughs> um, we all saw this in theaters and had an absolute blast watching this movie
2: I think I saw it at Lake Forest
1: all Really? Yeah. Good old Snake Forest as they used to call it. Yeah. Okay. Up I in, didn't know they called it though. Up in the Gathersburg. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. This was a movie that was uh, I was surprised I was intrigued by the trailers. Um I was sort of surprised like you know, that, that like Treat Williams was the star of this movie. Uh you know, again this is just my reaction to to, to it in nineteen ninety eight. But I was like, Oh well this looks like it could be a really fun time. A little monster movie on a boat, you know. Why not? Let's see yeah. what happens. Went to this movie and just absolutely had a blast. Just had so much fun watching this flick, and it's one of those ones that kind of became one of my favorites over, over over time. It just it just it's such a fun movie. It has interesting characters, interesting dialogue. I mean, you don't know tons about them. There's there's tons of questions you can ask about these characters and how they got where they are, and you get no answers to any of it. You're just kind of there in the moment with the characters, which I think is. Uh, I think it lends to its sort of charm.
2: You know, there's there's, there's no deep thinking going on in this movie. (laughs) No, there's definitely no deep thinking. Um, but yeah, their, their backstories and stuff like that. It's not, it's not important to the plot. It's, it's not necessary. So they, they just throw you in and the opening scene with, uh, the characters on the boat, um, Treat Williams, uh, Joey, uh, Kevin J and... O'Connor. Yes, Kevin J O'Connor and what's her name, Layla. Yes, I think that was her name. You get a good sense of those those characters, personalities, and who they who they are in relationship to one another. You know, Joey, Kevin J O'Connor is the uh, he's the mechanic of the ship. Layla is kind of the. Uh, I guess the deckhand does the grunt work, and Treat Williams is the captain. So
1: I I, I feel like they play uh, Treat Williams plays Finnegan, the the captain yes. of this of this small boat, and he's sort of I don't know what he is. I mean, are we supposed to assume he's like a smuggler kind of character?
2: I I think he's just kind of a yes that, but mostly he's just he's just a, a mercenary. Apparently his company's slogan is if the money's there we do not care. Exactly.
1: Yeah, so he's an interesting character. He he sort of has like a Han Solo-esque to him, I thought.
2: They are definitely going for that.
1: Okay, I, I was I wanted to make sure I was not just picking that up on my own or making things up. Let, let me go ahead and read the plot for the for the movie since I haven't done that just yet. A group of heavily armed hijackers board a luxury ocean liner in the South Pacific Ocean to loot it only to do battle with a series of large-sized, tentacled, man-eating sea creatures who had already invaded the ship.
2: That is pretty much what happens.
1: Yeah, and I it, it sort of, I, I, like how that plot sort of embraces the overall uh, misdirect of the movie, that it's many creatures yeah. as opposed to being just one. Right. As Spoilers. <laughs> yeah. I think that's implied in, at this point in the in show. I mean, we're talking about a movie that's 30 years old, or 20 years old, excuse me yeah <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah and and you know we, we've already talked about Treat Williams being this and Kevin J O'Connor but I do want to give a little bit of credit to the rest of the cast because there's a ton of people in this movie that you know it's, it's been a couple you years Recognized exactly and it's before they were recognizable and you're like oh yeah but yeah Treat Williams as as Finnegan uh, Femke Jansen as uh, Trillian St. James one of the craziest names I've ever seen in a movie you know, right. and we're talking. We're talking about Jean Grey herself from Brian Singer's X Men movies. Senya and, uh, on the top, and from Goldeneye. That's what
2: at the time. That's what she was most that's what famous. She was for.
1: No, well, I think she's most famous for being like a really attractive model. But yes, cinematically speaking, Goldeneye. Yes, you have Anthony Heald as Simon Canton. Kevin J O'Connor is Joey Pantucci. Wes Studi is in this as Hanover. Yep. Uh, Derek Derek O'Connor is Captain Atherton. Jason Fleming, who we know from a ton of um um. Like lock stock, and two smoking barrels, uh, he's Mulligan in this. Uh, Cliff Curtis is in this as Momuli. If you uh, if you like The Walking Dead, you'll know Cliff Curtis. Uh, Clinton Powell from the Friday movies is Mason, and uh, and uh, um uh, Kano himself from the original Mortal Kombat. Trevor Goddard is T Ray, <laughs> yes. and then of course Damon Hensu is in this. Yep, I had forgotten that.
2: <laughs> I had forgotten that, and then. Immediately, I I remembered the shot where yes. spoilers gets it, the axe to the
1: head. I, I, I had the exact same experience. I was like, oh yeah, he's in this, and then like the, the rest of the movie kind of clicked in my brain. And I was like, oh, right. it's, it has been a couple years since I have watched this because his death instantly came to mind. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh yeah, that's right. He dies fairly early in this flick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's our that's our principal cast. And yeah, we saw this in theaters. Uh I like a lot of the taglines that this movie has, like full scream ahead and this ain't no pleasure cruise. All that shit. Uh, all those lame like boat puns. I'm I'm into yep. it. I don't know how you feel yep. about puns, Mark,
2: but I was down. I mean, I I enjoy a good pun. I don't know if any of those are good puns though. <laughs> Maybe I'll enjoy a good bad pun. How about that?
1: Sure. <laughs> Oh man! So yeah, we, we we start off. You know, we get a little bit of an undersea thing going on. Uh, you know, obviously our sea creature. We in the you know fun perspective there. Uh, but let's let's talk about when we meet our I, I, excuse me, and then we go to the luxury cruiser, right? Uh, how do you feel about cruise ships? Are you a cruise ship kind of guy? Do you want to do a cruise ship at some point?
2: No. <laughs> just just no. No, they just seem awful. Just. Packed full of people, and I, I don't know, no problems.
1: Yeah, no, I don't think they're my cup of tea either. I'm, I'm not excited to, to ever do a cruise ship. Like you said, you're, you're packed in there with a bunch of people, and you're kind of trapped, which I don't care for at all. Yeah. Like if you're having a bad time, you're stuck. Yep. Like you can't go home. Gotta wait till that shit's over.
2: Uh, you get a dinghy.
1: You can, <laughs> <seems like> a, <laughs> I'm sure it's a good idea to do that. But apparently this, uh, apparently this cruise liner is is for the ultra mega rich. It's right. a, it's like a, it's like a floating, I don't know, Las Vegas, I suppose in a, in a sense. Basically. Um yeah, it's just like over the top. It's 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 crazy. It caters to the the super elitists, the the 1% are all in this boat, right? Yeah. At least that's sort of what we're led to believe. I do the 1% want to be in a boat with a bunch of other people or do they Maybe. want to want to have their yachts?
2: I don't, mean, I don't know. I don't know either. Fuck it. Well, I mean, apparently not, because the character admits later in the film that he had misjudged the market. <laughs> well, things go things go wrong on the boat
1: <laughs> uh, because there's a mysterious saboteur. Yes. Um, or am I getting ahead of myself? I guess I'm getting ahead of myself
2: a little bit, aren't I? Well, a little bit, because I think that they, they we're first introduced to... to treat Williams and his guys I thought you're right we are yeah and yeah, then I, re- I read my notes backwards I apologize yeah
1: yeah what do you think of, of okay so what, let's talk about our, our pirate crew I mean uh, they seem likable right no you don't think so awful
2: I, even treat Williams oh and, and, oh because you said pirates I was thinking of the like, of of the the actual K.
1: mercenaries, you're right. I no. I miss I misspoke. Like Treat Williams and his team, Treat and Joey and Layla, they seem pretty okay. <laughs> the Treat... mercenaries are awful. You're right;
2: they're total scumbags. Right. Treat William Treat Williams, I think, is great, and he's very charming and and likable in this film. Um, I don't care for Joey. No, not a fan. No. It, is... The character has some funny moments. Um, and it, it's fun to see him kind of get dragged along throughout the film, and there, there's a really funny moment between him and West Studi towards the end of the movie. Oh, yeah, yeah, that it really that, is. that pays off. Um, you know, but but Layla, sorry, I'm I'm forgetting the actress's name.
1: Well, I mean, she's we she's, don't get
2: much time with no, her. we do, we sure don't. No. no, so can't can't really make an assessment on... But on she's that. out
1: there, like, you know, doing work on the boat in the middle of that rainstorm while, while Finnegan's, like, playing cards in the in the captain's seat.
2: Yeah. You know, I means
1: gotta drive the boat. <laughs> he's gotta, gotta drive the boat. Never know what you're gonna hit out there in the middle of the ocean. That's right. I suppose at this point, though, like, we... we, we, we I don't know. I like these characters off the bat. It's... It, Finnegan in particular, because like he's your main character, right? He sort of has that Han Solo-esque thing going on. It sort of made right. me wonder why Tree Williams didn't do more sort of action-oriented movies in his career.
2: I mean, apparently you didn't see the straight-to-DVD sequels to The Substitute. <laughs> All right, you got me on that one. I did not see the straight-to-DVD sequels of The Substitute. Um, You know, I... I don't think it was a a matter of choice for him i this movie it did not do well um and so i i think studios probably just did not see him as a bankable star and and so he was offered straight to video movies and then eventually his career he turned towards you know doing tv and playing like father roles on everwood or something like that
1: right and, and you, you mentioned it, too, like the, the film financially didn't do a ton. Um, and it sounds like there was like all kinds of like post-production delays associated with the with the movie and getting it out because there were. they were supposed to be like really ahead of the time. Uh, but they ended up coming out in, in sort of a in, in sequence with a bunch of other kind of like much lamer, you know, giant creature inspired kind of movies like Anaconda and shit like that.
2: Yeah, creature inspired movies. And I, I saw. Yeah, like it was around the time of Anaconda, Mimic. Um, but I guess, I, I guess that the, the movie they they blamed the most though for it not doing well is Titanic because they were released around the same time.
1: Yeah, and I think everyone was watching Titanic a thousand times a day. Yeah, except if, for apparently. Right. Yeah, one's was enough for me. Thank you very much. Yeah. And I don't think I've watched Titanic all the way through since the one time I have was forced to sit there and watch it in a movie theater.
2: So, well, I do enjoy that movie. I think it's very good. But uh,
1: you know,
2: you can like, you can like both things. Paint me like you're a French horse Mark.
1: Okay, <laughs> I butchered the line. I'm sure, but that's how my memory. That's works. how it should have been. Yeah, right. That, that's the uh, the. Uh, never mind. I'm not going to finish that thought. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but there, they, you know, again, at the time, Steven Summers had this idea for a monster movie that was going to be ahead of its time because no one had done a monster movie in forever. Uh, and yeah. instead, because of all the post production issues, uh, they had to change uh, the special effects company at some point because they weren't able to get the monster stuff right. Yeah, you know, it it cost them getting out and being ahead of the curve. And I, uh, you know, maybe maybe the movie would have done better. Maybe it wouldn't have. Uh, we'll we'll never know. But I I I think this movie when people when this movie found its audience, like this movie has fans. Like people are into this flick. Yeah, and rightly so. It's a, it's a good movie. It's a fun time. It's it's uh, I don't it I can't think of too many movies like it.
2: No, um, I mean, look, movie- I, I'm I'm just gonna put it out there. I did not enjoy my viewing of this. Ooh. Oh, okay. Dang. This movie did not hold up for me
1: at all. All right. So that cha- that changes the tone of this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I should have asked <laughs> if you were still liking this movie. <laughs> all right. Okay. So, okay. All right. So where were some of your biggest issues with this movie? Because I, I still have a blast watching this from top to
2: bottom. All I... right. I was just bored for the f- I was bored.
1: For okay, The whole okay.
2: movie. Really? I couldn't I could not wait for it to be over. Wow. I was like, can we hurry it up? Um this movie's pretty short. It's it's a fairly lean flick. Yeah, I know. It, it's it's an hour and 45 minutes. I something like that. And you know, like I just I, I I find the like all of the characters with the exception of Finnegan Joey and Fumka Johnson I think like all the characters like West Studi and his group they're all just like such character is such caricatures of characters that we've seen in other action movies and it it is it was just so over the top and in my opinion not good <laughs> um you know the, the the way situations kind of resolve themselves i, I just found to be I, I not unbelievable but not logical i suppose well i mean I, I, most of the
1: situations in this movie resolve themselves by someone getting killed by the tentacle monster
2: yeah but you know i mean like uh But before we get to the ship, you know, so 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 treat Williams and his crew. They're taking West duty and and, and this group of mercenaries out to the middle of the middle of nowhere in the South China Sea. And Finnegan doesn't want to know what they're up to. He doesn't want to know what any of this is about. But his 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 nosy mechanic, Joey, decides to go snooping around the cargo hold. Right. To to. Figure out what these very bad-looking people want to do, when he discovers torpedoes. I don't. I don't know. I, if if I was Finnegan, I'd I'd be so mad at that character. <laughs> you you know what I mean? And
1: well, I, I think he, I think he is, uh, but he's not going to let them beat him to death. You know, they're trying to stomp him
2: to death in, in the in the hold there. No, I know, but it it also just becomes like. Obviously, you know Finnegan's doing doing the right thing in doing that, but like at that point, it's just Finnegan's got to be thinking like it's only a matter of time before these guys kill us, and and so it it just makes me think like why would Joey even go in there and do that? As it, I I don't know. It's, I mean, it seems like a bad idea. <laughs>
1: I, I that's for sure. You know to go. Yeah, I, you know you, these these you have these very shady mercs hanging out in your boat, and you're going to go snoop around through their shit. Seems like a bad idea to me, right? Um, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I can't get into Joey's motivations. I mean, he's a quirky character at the very least, and maybe he's just curious. I mean, and I mean, he does question Finnegan and their their company's moral code. You know, like what well, you know, right. so something along the lines like 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 how is that a way to live your life, not asking questions, just taking cash?
2: Yeah, he says, "What kind of life philosophy is that?" Right. It's like, well, if you don't like the company. Maybe you should leave.
1: <laughs> well, I think they're friends. I don't think it's it's just a strictly <laughs> employer-employee relationship. I think there's a bit of a bond there and maybe some history. You know, when you no. when you live on a boat together. I mean, watch some uh, watch some uh, watch some of those those boat shows on on all those reality channels, Mark. I'm sure you'll know what I'm talking about.
2: Ob- I'm- it, it, oh, obviously, <laughs> it, 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 and you're right. But it, I. I it, My my biggest qualm or or biggest problem is is again the the characters just feel like amped up stereotypes of of certain types of characters, and I I I just didn't care for for the portrayal. It, It it just struck me as being entirely way too over the top.
1: I mean, and you're not, I don't think you're wrong. Necessarily. I, I think it's part of the, the fun of the movie, though, is like, is, like, is sort of like you meet this group of, of awful, you know, the, the mercenaries in particular are like all awful and, and kind of scummy and gross, uh, e- even though many of them are highly respected actors, which I think is, is part of the charm of the movie. You know, I, I think a lot of these guys uh, uh, have like some serious acting chops about them. And, sure. And, and seeing them in, in in like their younger days being these characters who are just basically food for the sea creature. I I don't know. It, it, yeah, it, it sort of hits the tropes. It hits the, they're, they're the archetype. We know their fate before we even get on the boat. I don't, for, for me, it just works though. And I'm, I, I'm I, not too worried about Joey snooping around and finding the, the torpedoes because the torpedoes have a role to play in the movie. Like everything just kind of works out. Everything kind yeah, of comes together. It, everything they talk about is, is germane to the plot.
2: No, and, and I know. And I'm not saying that, that it's not, um, sorry, but I've no, no, you're point. okay. Don't worry. It, yeah,
1: I, 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 you're not saying anything, anything wrong at all. I, you, your points are completely valid. Uh, but for some reason, again, this movie, this movie just has me in its sway.
2: I'm just charmed by it. And I, oh, go ahead. No, I was just gonna. I, I, I think what I was going to say was that because it's all so over the top. Um, I like. I don't feel any real menace. From from these mercenaries, I I don't feel any real threat from them because it's so over the top that it's kind of comical.
1: Yeah, okay.
2: And and I and and I you know obviously this film has some some things in it that like they're intended to be funny, but I don't think this was an an intention on Stephen Sommers' part.
1: Well, I think it's interesting. This movie basically has like three sets of bad guys, right? Because you have you have yeah. the 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 mercenary gang, you have yep. Canton, the 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 supposed you know the owner builder of the ship who's trying to rob it, uh, and get the insurance money back by by sinking it, um and uh, obviously the monster right, yeah, and then you have our characters like 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 Joey and Trillian and Finnegan, uh kind of in this. I don't want to say no, like no win scenario, but like the the deck is stacked against them to survive this, right? And that's what they do. They sort of de- define the odds, but they go from one threat to another because even as they're trying to fight off these the sea creatures, or in in the more correct term, the sea creature, uh, they're also dealing with the mercs who want to, who are going to try and kill them at some point. In Canton, who's trying to kill everybody because he has to cover up his crime now, you know. Right. So like I I sort of like the the multiple threat level. For our quote unquote heroes, or at least our protagonists, at the very least, yeah, you know, so for me, that's that's one of the enjoyable parts of the of the movie.
2: It, yeah, just, I, I mean, it it should be, but it, know, it wasn't working for I, you. Yeah, just because I didn't I, I didn't care for the portrayals of ninety percent of the characters. <laughs> I just didn't care about the characters.
1: I th- it's funny to hear you not say that you don't like Joey very much in the movie because I feel like Kevin J O'Connor's performance is so uh, interesting and unique. And he does so many he he makes interesting
2: choices, you know, as an he actor make, in this movie. He makes interesting choices. and And the character itself is an interesting choice to have a guy like that in this situation. Well, I mean, and, and he and, is comic relief by,
1: by and large, but he's also, you know, kind of essential to like making sure they can, you know, do the things they have
2: to do. Yeah. And, and, and so that I, so that's why I give that character a little, I go easy on, on that character because I, I understand all those things, but, um, uh, just, he, he's just, he's just a little too annoying. <laughs> It's, it's, it's just not funny. It's just like the humor is just not working for me.
1: You know, I, I, if memory serves, I, I sort of felt the same way about him when I saw this in theaters. Uh, and it, it was, it wasn't until the elevator scene when I sort of, when this movie in my, to me, sort of like gelled. When you had all these different parties, all these different factions hold up in the elevator as they're realizing that like something horrible is going on outside of the elevator. And then you have the bit where the elevator, you know, kicks on and they have like the elevator music and it's that yeah. it's, it's, you know, he, the, the girl from Ipanema line. Yeah. Like I find that so goddamn funny that, you know, uh, a like, what the hell is this? And that's his answer is girl from Ipanema. Not that there's some kind of monster or creature outside there, but he recognizes the song. Right. Like that's for me when this movie, I, I, I sort of like locked into it okay. and sort of embraced like it's, it's sort of whimsical charm despite it being a monster movie and having a, a decent amount of blood and gore in it. Right. Well, let's, let's let's sort of talk about let's I mean let's talk about our thread here. Let's, let's talk about the tentacled monster. At one point yeah. this movie was called Tentacle. That yes. would have been a bit on the nose, but a, a, a still a fair assessment. Um yeah. The effects maybe haven't aged the best in in like oh. the last 20 years or so.
2: No, they have not. <laughs> it was it was rough looking at that. But did you and I and I tried? I really tried. Like the first couple times, you know, the movie. I think very smartly they they slowly build up the monster. You don't see it at all first, then just glimpses. They they handle that. I think I think very well. Um, and so when we first start seeing it and we're just getting the glimpses, it's like okay, you know that hasn't aged very well, but you know it, it's fine. It was nineteen ninety seven. But as as the movie goes, and you're seeing more and more, but it, I, I'm just, this is just a mess, and and looks terrible, and it, it just did not, it just didn't age well for me at all.
1: No, you were watching, you were watching on Tubi, right? No, because Tubi had commercials. I just rented it on Amazon. Okay, so you you had a high def copy. Yes. Okay. Because uh, I I watched it on on Blu-ray. I have a Blu-ray edition of it that has a a fantastic cover that I'll be sharing on social media. Um, it's so much better than the one from like like the sort of stock image that was on the original DVD release back in like the late nineties. Um, oh, that's, that's cool. Yeah, I'll I'll send you a picture of it later. Don't worry, it's it's pretty rad. Um, right. <laughs> sorry, <laughs> I can't believe I just went on a diet a little side track about that. Um, for for me though, yes, you can sort of see the age on those effects on the tentacles and, and and things like that. In some scenes more than others for sure. Um but but by and large, I you know, it's you know, it it, it still kind of works. It still is pulled off because I think Stephen Summers directs the crap out of this movie. I think he does a really nice job of of sort of making it work and like you like you alluded to, particularly in like that first, you know, third or so of, of being on the cruise ship, the of not being able to see the danger. Of you know the, the rippling water and and something in the water coming towards them, but we can't see what it is yet. Like right that all that stuff is like to me is like insanely effective, and and really really well executed. Uh, and it's I think it's about an hour into the f- picture uh, after Canton has sort of uh, given us our our like description of what might what it might be that's hunting and killing them. Uh yeah. that's when we we get like the first big tentacle coming down behind. Kevin J. O'Connor's head as it's like dripping it's like oozy goozy stuff all over his shoulder. And right. I still think that particular reveal played pretty nicely. Yeah. And I yeah, th- I agree. And
2: that.
1: and if I were to knock the 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 computer visuals for the creature when the, when the big reveal happens in the third act there that it is in fact just one enormous creature with so many tentacles that's been after them the entire time. The I think what I took from the visuals there cuz like the scene where Treat Williams is wrapped up in its tentacle, being held up to its face. Yeah. Uh, what I didn't, what 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 jumped out to me was the lack of texturing, on the on the effect. You know, yeah. it was just very smooth and and kind of round in, in spots. And I was like, it's oh, awesome. yeah, yeah, it's very yeah, exactly. It, it just doesn't yeah. look. I, I, textured I guess is the best way to say it because uh, I was, I was going to say real and that's stupid don't say real for a computer graphic <laughs>
2: but well, but, but again, the, the textures are the little bit that I understand of computer animation and stuff it's like the, the textures are what lend something more realism exactly because I was,
1: I was going to say a movie that, that predates this one and again, again uh, budgets are different things for different movies. I completely understand that. So, like, it, it might be comparing apples and oranges. But Jurassic Park came out several years yeah. before this, and the texturing on those dinosaurs is what sells
2: it. I mean, and that and that's the thing. It, it's it, like Jurassic Park. The, the the CG still holds up, but the CG in this doesn't. And like you said, budgets are things, and so are also time constraints. You know, a lot you know part of me like seeing the reveal of of the monster at the end of the film i was like oh my god my first reaction is like this is just fucking lazy but (laughs) but but i know that that's not that's probably not true it's it's a matter of time it's a matter of budget they i'm sure they wanted to make this look as good as possible but just didn't have the time to complete it but it, it just doesn't look good
1: yeah, like 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 we talked about at a certain point in post production, they they ended up replacing the effects studio that was in charge of it. Yeah. So maybe things were rushed. I you know I, again or maybe they ran out of money. I don't know. I don't have a good answer for you on that one. I wish I had a little bit more insight there, because I mean, I I guess the part I was kind of stuck on was I couldn't even I can't remember back to ninety eight, and if I thought it looked good then, or or if I just was along for the ride, so I was like yeah sure fuck it whatever. Giant I think I were, I'm okay with it.
2: I th- I think at the time I thought like like you know it's not the best computer animation but that it was passable. Mm-hmm. You know, and and that's the thing. I think like at the time it was passable but I, I think looking at it today it, it, it it's not really not anymore.
1: Another element of the of the movie that I really like. I mean, the tentacle stuff's great. I I think those are st- computer effects being a, l- a little bit dated aside. I still think a lot of it works as far as like the creature aspect of, of, of chasing the characters
2: mm-hmm. uh, of
1: a sort of like driving the action. Um, yeah. What did you think of the deaths involving the tentacles? like you know the, the way the sort of they sort of open up, envelop people there's, there's sort of like a mouth within the tentacle kind of thing. were you were you all in on that?
2: Yeah, I, I like the, the design of the creature. I think the design is very cool.
1: Yeah, I liked it, and I, I, I liked the part where, again, where Canton's sort of the one explaining, I guess, because I guess, I guess he knows about sea creatures, or whatever, and he's sort of like, this might be blah, blah, blah. And, and you know, right. he gets to the whole thing at the at the very end, and, and, and it's uh, Famke Johnson's character has the line about it like, and that's when they eat you, and he's like, no. That's when they drink you. And to me, that's like a really great delivery by Anthony Heald, sort of selling the fact that, like, it's way worse than you think it is. Right. And we, we don't actually get to see that, that that horrifying part of the death until the scene you alluded to with, with Kevin J. O'Connor and Wes Studi. Um where after Wes Studi has shot Joey and, and left him behind to slow down the you know, to stop the creature so he can make his escape, Joey then will, will will later find him uh being slowly consumed and drank by
2: the creature. And it looked uncomfortable. It really did. It looked uncomfortable. It looked uncomfortable, but I th- I think I think a better example, though, is when um they they shoot one of the tentacles, oh, the body and one out. of its meals comes out yeah. and it's it's the mercenary Billy who was on the boat and these... he's yeah, he's like half digested, half drank. And, you know, like the effects on it aren't aren't great. The effects on that, though, I, I thought were still like, OK, you know, like like that looked all right and but the actor's performance I was like well, that like that was pretty horrifying <laughs> it's, it's pretty so, good yeah i mean that actor really really sold that yeah there,
1: there's yeah i i can't argue with that I, I have nothing really to say to support that because that's that's a great reveal moment too when it's like oh god the bodies are in there too you know yeah it was it was very interesting cuz i i i think at that point you know I, one of the big at mystery aspects of the, well, not mystery aspects necessarily, but one of the elements to the, to the plot is, once they're all aboard, and, and we should mention that, that Finnegan and his team have to go aboard, A, because they know too much now, but also because at some point they hit a random speedboat uh, from the yes. cruise ship, and now they their ship is damaged, so they, they need to get into the machine shop, do some build, build some parts so they can repair their boat to make their getaway whenever this heist is done. So that's, that's one of the reasons why they are on board the cruise ship to begin with. But uh, one of the interesting parts, one of the things that they keep asking themselves is where is everybody? This is supposed to be a, a cruise ship sold out maximum capacity and they can't find bodies anywhere. Right. And I think that lends itself again very nicely to like, sort of like the subtle horror themes that are going on in the movie. Yeah. And then we get when we, when we get to the reveal of like the kind of like the kill room, the kill chamber, yeah, I mean, they, again. What what budget this movie had when 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 they went for like the those elements? I think they really did a great job of, of just like these just bodies and blood everywhere. Uh, you know, when the, when the elevator crashes to the ground and they're they're in the like the death hallway,
2: <laughs> like yeah,
1: like really great effects, and I I I think really selling the danger of this this creature poses to everybody.
2: Yeah, I, I I agree with that. I I enjoy that that hallway sequence. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I en- enjoyed the, uh, the, the reveal at the bow of the ship, the, uh, the, the feeding room or the digesting room, whatever. Yeah. Whatever it is. <laughs> whatever. It's just, it's just, yeah. Whatever you want to it's call just that. Viscera
1: but... and skeletons and just grossness everywhere. Yeah. It looked good. It looked, it looked really good. And, and, and it's sort of a, a again, it's, it's, it's a sea monster. It's, but it, I don't know. I don't want to get like, you know, all Jacques Cousteau-y about this, but like, this creature's just trying to live, right? He's just doing his thing. Just doing its thing. Just doing, its thing. <laughs> just doing its, its thing. Yeah. Uh, and that's how it does its thing. Did oh, you know, what? let me let me go back real quick to the very beginning of the movie. But did you enjoy the sort of um, I, I don't even know what to call it. Uh, but you know, we get like that block of wording, right, about how beneath the South Pacific Ocean there's a there's an undersea mountain range that would swallow the Himalayas. Yeah, is do you know if that's true? <laughs> I meant to. Google I meant it I time. meant to fact check it. <laughs> it's like what? <laughs> <laughs> so neither one of us delivered on that on that avenue of our research. But it, I mean, at the very least, it's an interesting way to open your movie uh, by by allowing the like by introducing the possibility uh, of something that that no human could could see or conceive of living in this this part of the ocean that is, is just so unreachable, un, unfathomable. Right. So I, I did enjoy that part of it very,
2: very much. Yeah. I also wanted to look up the, the creature that, um, okay. Canton yeah. says he thinks that it could be. so I was like, is that a real creature.
1: <laughs> yeah. You I, know? Part of me it's thinks, like, part of me thinks it is, but yeah, I didn't, you know, fuck, I didn't fact check it. I, you know, I, my, the way my brain's working is like, that's in a movie. It's gotta be true. Because I mean, the movie did completely
2: make up those uh, those guns.
1: Okay. I, yes, I'm glad you said that. The, the the guns from like the the Chinese military or whatever.
2: The guns from the Chinese military that apparently have a 1,000 round. <laughs> I was just like. I, I was like, "Wait, what?" I backed it up. I was like, "Wait, what?" Did he really say a thousand round capacity?
1: <laughs> Good lord! You know, it's funny when you go in on this onto this movie's Wikipedia page, or not Wikipedia, on their their IMDb page, and you're looking at the trivia. So much of the trivia is related to the weapons that are in this movie. I thought it was very interesting to to mm-hmm. to read that. I was like, all these entries are about the guns in the movie. <laughs> Like there's a whole, there's like several entries for Finnegan's shotgun, and there's a bunch of entries for uh, Demon Hensu's character has like that nickel plated nine millimeter, yeah, that gets passed around by various characters throughout the entire movie. Which another interesting element, it's not an element, but like just like a, a fun little kind of wink to that gun just being in the hands of so many characters throughout the film. Uh, but there's a whole a- a- entry on like that gun, and I was just, right. was just like. Wow! Someone who loves guns really did
2: a number on this this movie's uh, trivia page. Loves guns, so probably watches a lot of action movies and watched this and was just like, "What in the fuck?" <laughs> <laughs> you know, and and the thing is, is you know they 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 say these these Chinese machine guns have a one thousand round capacity, but they never uh, specify if that's how many rounds the mercenaries are supposed to be carrying with right. them. Right. But considering that we never see them reload, I'm just thinking, well, I guess they have a thousand rounds somehow in their gun. And I I looked it up and roughly about one thousand rounds of ammunition would weigh about 28 29 pounds so they're carrying around 30 pound guns and just slinging them around like they're nothing and i don't know i just i just too ridiculous i mean
1: yes you're not wrong but at the same time the movie creates its own logic right and as long as it stays true to its logic then it's fine and so this steven Summers created a workaround for having to worry about reloading a gun I'll give him credit for that. It, sure, it's unreal, but like whatever. At least now you're not like, oh, they don't even bother reload their guns. It was like, no, you don't need to. It's a thousand rounds, bro.
2: Yeah, I suppose. But I would, <laughs> I, I would, I just want to see them lugging those guns around, being like, you know, this is cool, but man, this is heavy. <laughs> well, you, I mean, you, you, okay. So one of the one of the uh,
1: more uh, high tension scenes in the film is when they're trying to... Again, Everyone's try, they're, at this point, they're trying to make their escape. They want to get the hell out of there. Uh, no one's trying to rob the vault anymore. We didn't even talk about that plot point. Uh, but yeah, the mercs are going to rob the vault and then sink the ship. Uh, as as, yeah. you got to loot this bad boy. Uh, but now, at this, at this point in the movie, it's also about survival. And so they're trying to make their way back so they can work their way up and get back to Finnegan's ship and get the heck out yes. of there. And then you've got like, the, the flooded chamber, so you're going to have to go underwater, which is where the tentacles are, so no one wants to go. You have Finnegan and a couple of the other mercs go ahead, and it's it's Joey, uh, I think Powell and and uh, Trillian are the characters that are left behind when the ne- yes. when the next tentacle monster attack happens. And at this point, Trillian has been given one of those heavy Chinese thousand-round machine guns too. Yes. <laughs> and as soon as she fires it, she falls backwards into the water, and right. ends up having to do her sequence. But one of the things that stood out to me, and one of the re- again one of the, one of the reasons why I like his performance so much in this movie. If you look at Joey, at Kevin J. O'Connor's face, as he's you know seeing this tentacle monster and firing this gun, it's one of the funniest fucking things I've ever seen in my life. His reaction to this thing is so crazy and so funny to me because... Again, I you know I know how a movie is made. Like he's not looking at anything in real life, so his reaction to this is just so goddamn hilarious. I don't know if you caught that or not. I don't think I did. It's no. <laughs> it's just like the craziest, again, most over the top kind of reaction you could imagine a person making, and he just right. kind of sells it because like that's who that Joey character is. Yep. I loved it. I loved it so much, and then again, they're they're all forced to, to to go swim in this underground uh passageway to get to the next section of the ship, um, and eventually there's, there's a tentacle attack because of course there is, and grenades start going off and all kinds of cool things, like cool explosions, cool stuff. I again, I I'm I'm sad you didn't enjoy this movie as much this time around, man. It really bums me out. Sorry. Sure no oh, it's it's fine it's your prerogative man it's it's' it's up to you though i mean I I, I I feel bad because in in one sense i was like hey what movie should we watch and you agreed to watch this with me and now you're like i hate it
2: yeah I, I, no i i i don't hate it i <laughs> i i just I, I i just didn't care for it. i just like i said i i just thought it was boring i, I didn't feel really invested in in any characters other than other than the, the Treat Williams character. Um, yeah. And it, I, I don't it it, it 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 didn't feel very tense to me. I, I think I, I don't know. I, I was thinking about too many other things. Like I, I wanted to know more about like the layout of the ship, like where exactly they were in the ship and, um, you know, I was thinking about the creature and and just kind of like, okay, so it it's one creature and all of these tentacles belong to it, but like how is the creature moving around? See, you got the t- ship you, you got too logical with this thing. You were overthinking this movie by a lot. And and, and and that scene where where they go into the like like the mass grave, you know, all of a sudden water just like explodes into the ship hull was... breach but it wasn't
1: a hull breach no that's what they said they said the the the, the hull's been breached or the the creature had breached the hull or whatever like that and that's why when so canton that. yeah that, that's why when canton later when he get when he gets above deck and goes outside he sees the ship is sinking so his plan's going to work even without having to blow up the ship
2: okay all right i i missed the hull breach line because, uh, yeah
1: yeah, no, he's delighted to see that the ship's sinking on its own, so he won't have to worry about trying to fire those torpedoes. He can just try and make his escape and make up his own story for whatever happens, because everyone's going to go down with the ship.
2: Yeah, I mean, I got that. It okay. was just, it, I just didn't – I was like, oh, the creature. I didn't realize the creature had intentionally breached the hull. Well, I don't know about intentionally, but it did. Let's put it that way. I mean, it, well, I, you know, they were saying how crafty – these creatures well, are we, so.
1: with, with the size of that creature. I guess you'd have to imagine that the, the creature at some point had to breach the to get into it. Right. So, I mean,
2: well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so there you go. <laughs> so maybe the ship should have been sinking from the beginning.
1: Maybe, maybe, maybe it should have been, maybe we need to examine that a little bit more. Maybe, maybe they were a little bit too focused on misdirecting us and thinking it's like, you know, many creatures as opposed to
2: just the one. It's it, it, because when we get that shot of the creature, rising up through the water right it, it looks like it gets into the ship via the the propellers yeah. so is,
1: is there a possibility that like for the the opening portion of the of the film the creature is not actually in the ship it's like in the in the uh, you know below like on the bottom of the hull maybe and then it's it's just is, that it's it's tentacles that are that are doing all this damage inside the ship until it makes that breach so that it can enter the ship.
2: I don't know.
1: Yeah, and they're, they're not clear on that by all, by any
2: stretch. No, we're not clear on that. And it, like that, that's that one one of the things I, I, I didn't like was that opening scene where uh, the creature first attacks and we cut to inside the boat and all the passengers kind of fall over. But it's like we don't ever see them seeing the monster. Right. And so, and I feel like there needed to be that moment because if something like that happens on a cruise ship, I imagine people would, you know, they would think like, oh, like a systems malfunction, we hit something or whatever. But instead they just automatically start reacting as as if something is, is chasing them. But, but there was never like a, a, a moment where we actually see them realize what's happening. We just see a woman run into a bathroom and hide and get sucked into a toilet. Which was good. Yeah, I was going to say, that's hard. pretty good. I enjoyed that, but <laughs> I, I, they, 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 there was a disconnect for me.
1: I don't know what it is, but I always enjoy a good toilet killing. Something about it, because, like, you know, you're just, when you're on the toilet, you're just, you know, you're at your most vulnerable, right?
2: Yeah, but, I mean, she wasn't
1: doing her business. No, but you still, like, the, the symbolism is there. You're vulnerable on a toilet. What was that movie with the creatures in the toilet? Ghoulies? Is that what I'm thinking of? Yeah, Ghoulies. We should we should do that on the podcast sometime.
2: Don't forget uh, the Fluke Band from uh,
1: From X Files. -Files. When's the last time you watched Ghoulies? Ah, uh, it must have been 10 or something. I, I don't know. It's been so long. I was going to say, it's been a million years since i watched Ghoulies, anyways. Yeah. Uh, let me go – because, like, obviously we're doing this review a little bit differently. You know, we're, we're not doing the scene by scene so much. So I wanted to ask you about uh, some specific things. Uh, I want to go back – I know we already talked about it, but when, when, when Joey finds uh, a Hanover being, being drank by the tentacle yeah. monster – uh and they had just had a really horrible confrontation with each other when, when Hanover shoots Joey so the tentacle monster will kill him and Hanover can make his escape. Right. Uh, Joey does make his own escape eventually, but he catches up to Hanover and finds out that Hanover's being, being drank. Joey has the gun, gives the gun, to, is going to leave the room and leave Hanover to his fate, goes back to give Hanover the gun so that Hanover can you know, end his own life on his terms and yeah. not be drank. Yeah. And then instead of doing that, though, he tries to shoot Joey, which yeah. <laughs> again, I just enjoyed so much.
2: Then, yeah. I, I, no, it, it, I, I, it's a great moment for that Hanover character. Very revealing. He's just so full of spite and hate and anger. It's, fuck you. And then <laughs> and, and the,
1: the, the ultimate comeuppance turns out that was the only bullet because when he goes to try and kill himself after he misses killing Joey, no more bullets. And I loved it, and the look in his face, and the scream he lets out—I was like, "That's
2: a great moment in the film, man! Come on, yeah, that's good stuff." One hundred (laughs) percent. My my takeaway from this, like, like watching this movie, I I just felt like this—it has so many elements that I like, but it's just not put together in a way that I found to be very enjoyable it, 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 it's like a, a little bit of a Frankenstein of a movie that didn't quite have the roadmap to a functioning anatomy to stick with the Frankenstein metaphor
1: right right uh, well I mean one of the things I was I was taking when I was taking notes about the movie I was like wow as like, I, I sort of was thinking to myself this is gonna be really hard to to sort of walk through this movie because the the, the characters split up form up, Split off again in different character for you know groups. Like, there's so many different things going on in this movie that like I, I was like, this is gonna be a hard one to kind of like walk through, you know?
2: Well, I think also it's just the middle of the movie is just them kind of wandering around well, it's, it's, different it's, sections of the ship right, that all kind of look the same.
1: Yeah, and, it, and it's a lot of chasing and a lot of running and a lot of like screaming and and people dying and it's fun, but it's kind of hard to give you like the the beat by beat on that.
2: Yeah. And, yeah and I think that goes into what I was saying earlier. like I, I, I just wanted to know a little bit more about the ship and where they were. like I wish they, like I understand they have to get back to to Finnegan's boat and they have to go up. But if they just had a scene where there was like a a blueprint, it was like, we're here and we've got to get to here. and I, I just I wasn't there a blueprint scene like that? I don't even remember. I think, but
1: um, I, I, that sounds familiar. I feel like there was.
2: Yeah, I, I don't know. It, it needed to be clearer or something because it 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 just didn't. It just didn't. F- like obviously the character. Like that's the strange thing about this movie because it's like yeah, the characters have a goal, but I just am not feeling them really like driving towards it because they're just in this maze of a shit and. I I I just think there needed to be more direction. Would it would it
1: have been better if uh, more of the rooms they were in were more distinct from the others instead of just kind of being like, Pipes. you know, passageways and chambers and stuff like that that all kind of looked the same. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I, think, I, just, I, I can definitely could I see that. I mean, again, there's there's a way to do this movie a little bit differently if if you had the money and the you know the the budget. I think the budget's the main thing. To, to do this movie a little bit differently and they probably had to hold back a ton of that budget for the CGI
2: probably yeah.
1: so you know I, I again by and large because of the constraints of the film i still think it's to me uh, a very successful and enjoyable movie because uh, it it gives me entertainment for an hour and 40 minutes uh, apparently not for you though cuz you were too wrapped up no. in like i don't i don't understand their motivations I'm just teasing you. Don't worry. I was not. I was not being serious.
2: <laughs> no, I know it's fine. Yeah, you know. I. I mean, we can talk about other other things though. Like, I mean, I, one of the things that that I liked about this movie when when I saw it in theaters was I, I was like, oh, whoever made this, like, like they're they're a fan of Evil Dead, in particular Evil Dead Two. Evil Dead Two has a lot of influence on this movie. Like, a, some of the camera work is is very Rainy esque um but here i i guess with kind of hindsight i just wasn't really feeling that because um i thought steven Sommers' next film the mummy was way too much in parts way too much like army of darkness and it was like this guy's does he just lift from from other directors or i i, I don't know so i i get I I just kind of I I just kind of lost my appreciation of that aspect of the movie. Yeah, I mean that's fair. I, I
1: think one of the things that I was learning about, about this movie, and I I, I I we'll get back into the movie proper in, in a minute, but I, uh, one of the things I definitely wanted to talk about uh, with you uh, because I'm very curious your opinion on the, on this topic. Uh, this movie was made by Hollywood Pictures, which has been yeah. uh, consumed by Disney. At, in, much like many other studios, has been consumed by Disney. And Hollywood Pictures was a studio that made, you know, kind of like mid-level, mid-budget movies. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, we seem to be in, in, a, in a movie system right now where those kind of films don't really get life anymore. You know, it's all about the big-budget tentpole movie and not so much these smaller little films that can do well on their own if given the chance to survive. It, it, it i was curious if you had any thoughts on that i mean again this was from 1998 things are very very different in the in cinema going world but it seems like the mid level movies are just going away and I, I this movie reminded me of what a shame that is
2: yeah no it's definitely a shame um
1: i know it's kind of a heady question for the deep rising podcast but
2: <laughs> no it's fine it's just like yeah i mean i mean that you know that just you you said it best. I mean that that is what what is happening there because movies like this the the calendar year is so glutted now with blockbusters mm-hmm. that no matter when you release a film like this, it's going to have to compete with your Star Wars or your Marvel or or whatever, and it's just not going to do very well. And then on top of that, because the theaters have to make money themselves, uh, and, I mean, obviously that's kind of changing, but we're not sure where that's gonna where that's gonna go. But you know, the theaters have to make money, so it's like, yeah, they have got to put the Avengers on ten fucking screens. So you know, middle middle movies like this don't don't get as many screens, don't make as much money, and. Therefore, there's just less financial incentive to, to make movies like that.
1: I mean, it, it to me, it, it's even starting to feel like they, they don't even get a chance to come out anymore. Like, they'll just, like... Wh- whoever owns them will just shop them to, like, whatever streamer's available, which I guess is a, is a viable platform. But there's so many streamers out there now that, like, it, it's very easy for these kind of movies to get lost in the shuffle, which is unfortunate.
2: Yeah, no, they definitely get lost in the shuffle because, it, you know, like, if I see something... That is like a a Netflix uh, production. I am just kind of like I, I don't really want want to take the risk on it because I, I I don't think, generally speaking, you know Netflix produces a lot of good original content. They do produce some, but do you know? It, it's that question of like, do I want to take my chance on this versus something that is maybe a little more.
1: No. yeah no it's it's funny i've been talking about that with with uh with friends recently about how a lot of these like netflix or hulu or even amazon originals are like hmm you know their batting average is not great you know like uh, maybe around the 200s you know like i watch a lot of shit on these channels and i'm just like what the fuck am i watching yeah and, the, I, and like I... they look good and they have good casts but like it's like who's writing this shit
2: yeah i but I mean, maybe we ought to be a little more supportive of, of stuff like that if if we're going that's, to that's that's why the the disappearance of movies like those. But
1: that's that I mean, that's why I'm watching them though, is it? Because yeah. because I really am trying to support like these these middle level movies that I used to have a really great time going to watch in theaters, uh, but yeah. they just don't seem to exist anymore. I I can't think of the last time I went to the theaters, and and I wasn't there to see. Uh, you know, like you said, like, like a blockbuster esque kind of movie, like some big tentpole thing, part of a franchise or part of a, you know, cinematic universe. And again, I yeah. love those kind of movies. Don't get me wrong, but little movies like Deep Rising, you know, back in the day, like those are the kind of movies you like. Like you said, you sort of stumbled into, and yeah. you end up, end up having a blast for for an hour and a half or whatever. And it it's 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 just sort of a bummer that you can't really do that with cinemas anymore. I know, I don't know. I mean, I know down here in San Diego, there's, there's, if there's one, it's far away from me that, but you know, even like a budget theater isn't, doesn't it really exist anymore? Like you can't go to like, like we used to go to Aspen Hill cinemas and watch a movie for like a buck, you know, or two bucks or whatever it was. Right. You know, like you, you can't even do that anymore where you're like, oh, well for $2, I'll take a chance. And if I'm bored, I'm bored. Like whatever. At least I'm watching yeah. the movies better than, you know, be, getting in trouble out in outside in the real world or whatever.
2: Yeah. Yeah, but you know, that's uh, today. There are just so many options that it feels like, uh, you know, you want to make a good choice.
1: A hundred percent, a hundred percent, and that's one reason why. Like my queue of to watch is very large, but the queue of things I've actually have watched is much, much smaller. <laughs> because I'm just like, mm, right. I kind of want to go with the sure thing here a little bit. Because I'm like, you know, time, unfortunately, has become a precious commodity. I can't just sit around yeah. and watch a, a million movies as much as I would love to. Right. Um, isn't it
2: isn't it also sad that that we're, we're talking about deep rising like it's like it's like some small little indie film.
1: What you no know, I mean yeah that that is very true. I mean this movie still had a, a sizable
2: budget, uh, you know, a lot sizable of sizable budget. Massive explosion at the end that no indie film could pull off. Well I mean again they're only blowing up like a model. I'm not Yeah, but still. I mean <laughs>
1: All right, so I, I want to get into the third act of the film with you. And, you know, after our little uh, sidetrack into the, the shape of Hollywood and why we can't find more mid-level movies to watch. Um, let's get into our third act. We, we, we talked about Hanover's death. The Mercs are basically dead at this point in the movie. We're, we are left with with uh, Trillian, Finnegan, and uh, very, very, very briefly, Joey uh, versus Canton and the sea creature. Uh, right. How did you feel the Canton's uh, try uh, uh, comeuppance came about? Did you enjoy the sort of the way uh, that, uh, that played out?
2: Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Because yeah, I, mean, I thought that was good. We have the scene. Although, uh, uh, Go ahead. no, go ahead, go ahead. I oh. was, I was gonna say we we have, we have to set it up because we have to go back. You know, uh, Finnegan. And Trillian make their escape back to Finnegan's boat, but they have to go back onto the ship because Finnegan lost the parts they needed to get their boat working again after the collision with the speedboat at the beginning of the film. Uh, so our characters have to go back, and Trillian's up in the in that um, I don't know fun room where like all the sea doos are and the surfboards and all the, all the you know sports sports recreational equipment is.
2: Yeah, just yeah.
1: And it's basically when Canton catches up with her because he needs to figure out how to get out. He's going to get off the boat after he's realized it's sinking and that they're all going to die. Uh, yes. And they have a they have a chase and a confrontation, and Finnegan shows up to save her. Uh, Question. Yes.
2: Did it really annoy you that he was insistent on Trillian giving him the key? to this, the, the Sea-Doo um, when we see her grab the key and there were like two others right next to it.
1: So I, I guess it did, but what I couldn't tell from the framing of, of the shots in that room was that the only Sea-Doo on the ship? <laughs> you, I mean, you only see the one. So I wondered if mm, maybe the other ones okay. had gotten knocked overboard or something, but I don't they float? I don't know how those work that well. I
2: honestly I know nothing about them but if they were to fall in the water maybe upside down maybe yeah I don't that's, know.
1: that's sort of what I wondered too uh, or if they were damaged in the collisions or something like that all, all the crashing around I, I, I yeah I was I, I thought the same thing for sure I was like aren't there three C2 keys and doesn't mean there's three C2s to ride on
2: yeah I didn't I honestly didn't notice if, if there was only the one in, in the room so <laughs> so yeah maybe you're right
1: what about uh, uh, what about Finnegan's plan to use his boat as a uh, torpedo delivery system to destroy the cruise ship and the monster? Did you like that? I did. Yeah, I did too. It was good. And and Joey's there to sort of jerry-rig the system, even though they don't they don't have the parts. Uh, but so they're but they just they just need the boat to work for a little bit. And they're Chilling's up there to get that sea so they can get the heck out. Out of there, because they saw an island in the distance earlier in the movie. Right. A little bit, yes. you know, a little towards the end of the second act, they they all see an island nearby that they can get to. That's so that's the reprieve, right? The plan is now to get on, to get some kind of vessel, and get to that island. Right. So that's what they're gonna do. trillion's getting the sea doo, sea doo, sea doo. Such a weird word. I'm Sorry, just one of those weird words that rolls off the tongue. Um. <sighs> So eventually Canton's going to make his way back to Finnegan's boat and uh, jumps from a really high height (laughs) to get on the boat as he sees it pulling away. He doesn't seem that alarmed after he breaks his leg and lands on the ship, by the way, that no one else is on it, though. Right. But he's... I don't know. I mean, how how does that shake out for you? Do you think he was trying to, like... Do you think he thought there were people on the boat? Do you think he thought he could just... Steer the boat on his own, or you know, I don't know. I'm curious what you were thinking while you're watching uh Canton try to try to uh, uh steal the
2: boat basically and, and go off on his own. Um, I think he's an idiot and <laughs> I think it's a plot hole. Oh, or, I mean, I don't know if it's a plot hole, but like it's a uh, a logic gap.
1: Okay, there's a lot of gap there, but I, I did enjoy him breaking his leg, That was pretty vicious looking.
2: Yeah, that, that was vicious looking, but I think the um. What what struck me as odd about it, so you know, basically what the the boat is on autopilot and it's basically doing a U-turn. Right. So it can steer the uh the the front of the ship into the into the cruise ship where the, the it'll trigger the the torpedoes warhead. Right. Um but what's happening is what's interesting though is that the, the the way uh canton is acting like he doesn't know that torpedo is is there sticking out of the ship and is is going to be triggered when when his boat hits the cruise ship because his boat is not moving that fast like like i feel like the way he was acting was he knew he was going to get blowed up <laughs> and but his character wouldn't wouldn't have known that, and 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 the boat wasn't moving with any significant speed that it would cause, I think, much damage to to the ship. I I don't know about all that. I mean, I mean it's, it, you know,
1: again, like you're filming a movie uh, in, in these giant you know tanks of water, and I'm, I'm I'm sure there's all kinds of logistical issues you have to account for, and and you can't quite get things the way you want it to. I don't I don't know for sure. Uh I sort of I, I, but I, I, I dig Finnegan's plan, uh by and large, and I and I dig the way Canton dies, you know, killing his own boat like he wanted, but he just dies too, so he's not he's not gonna profit off of it. Right. The one thing I wanted to ask you, and again, this might have been something that uh you know, if, if there probably are deleted scenes to watch for this movie but if there are I don't recall what they are. Uh but at one point Finnegan goes back to his boat and he notices that the the windshield has been wiped out and Joey's
2: gone. Right, and there's slime on like the controls.
1: Right, so the the, the implication being that the tentacle creature got to Joey, uh, right. but until the, and, and that's kind of how the rest of the movie plays with the assumption that Joey's dead until the very very end of the movie when he shows up on the island that they make their way to. Yeah. Uh, I I was curious what you, what you thought. Again, from what I read for this movie was uh, at, at test screenings uh the the audience found that unsatisfying for him to be dead. Uh, mm-hmm. So I sort of wondered if you think there's a like a deleted scene or a cut of this movie where like they actually show him getting attacked and consumed by the creature because I feel like when you leave it the way they leave it in the film with like just like the broken windshield and you never actually seen the death, like don't you have to know he's alive at some point as an audience yeah, member? I'm-
2: no, because I, if I remember correctly, I read that they they had actually filmed his death. Okay. And 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 the audience didn't like that. They they want like they just they wanted the character to live, and so the character living was an adjustment.
1: Okay, all right, there you go. So that, okay, so that that makes sense. Actually, and the more I think about it, that even the way I asked the question, I sort of answered it at the same time. So you you nailed it, man. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> But I, I guess when you're watching this cut of the movie, though, you watch it, though, and you see the way they shake it out. And since you don't see him die on camera, like, doesn't right. your your mind naturally go to like, well, clearly he's still alive. Yeah. That's just my two pits. All right. So now now with Canton almost dead, not quite dead yet. But we know his fate. You know where what his path is going to be. Event, you know, he's made his way. He's he's escaped from Finnegan. He's made his escape from Trillian, and he's going to make his way back to that boat for his suicide run on the torpedo ship. Now we get Finnegan and Trillian, uh, on the Sea Dews. And yeah. I'm curious your thoughts about this sequence. Of were you in? Were you out? I'm a big fan of the sequence. I I understand that it's c- probably crazy unrealistic. But there's just something fun about
2: it that it's, I really, really enjoy. It It is fun, and I like it, and it's kind of reminiscent of um, – this is what I was talking about, like kind of like a Frankenstein of a movie. It feels a little bit like uh, Terminator 2 as he's pointing the shotgun over his shoulder, asking right. her to pump the action. Yeah, the, the cockpit, yeah. It, yeah, and so it feels like Terminator Two, when Schwarzenegger's on the motorcycle shooting back at uh, at at the T one thousand. But it's a fun sequence. But again, just like the, the, the way I was watching the movie this time around, I I was just like, they don't how do, how do they even know where they're going? No, I
1: I have the same that I had the same question. It's it's one of the movies' pieces of like internal logic that I'm like. Really? It, these luckily these hallways just go where they need to go.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So I
1: yeah I understand where you're coming from with that one. That makes total sense to me. It was sort of my one knock on 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 the, that sequence, but I again I just sort of bought in because it it to me it's just it's just a really ridiculous ridiculous yet fun way to sort of get to your third act. You're you're still being chased with these tentacles. You're you're trying to get your way out of the ship. You know we're back to that priority. Uh, and then it turns into, uh, you know, as Finnegan's ship crashes into the cruise ship and the, the torpedo is triggered and you start to see the ship beginning to explode. Uh, then all of a sudden, like you said, how previously it was Terminator 2 with them running around cocking the shotgun and stuff. Uh, yeah. Then it turns into Return of the Jedi where they yeah. to like jump out of the dock before it explodes with flames all around them. And I yeah. was, I was just waiting for a uh, Yum to be there and be like, yeah. Uh-huh. And then Lando, you know, whooping all around him. That's all I was waiting for.
2: And if only Disney owned owned Star Wars at the time, they could have just cut to some random shots of that.
1: Cause I mean, the, that, that it's totally what that rem- reminded me of was the Millennium Falcon in the Death Star 2's superstructure. And then bursting out of the flames at the very last moment, I, which again, is awesome.
2: And it's it, great. Yeah. it was great
1: in this too. It was fun. Yeah, well, and- <laughs> you
2: know, you've seen stuff like that. I feel like that's been done in, like a lot of movies. Sure, like, of course. Like even you know, even though you don't see it, but like the end of uh, the end of Aliens when they're you know flying the dropship away from 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 the towers that you know the nuclear explosion.
1: Because you're in the pipe
2: five by five. Yeah i guess that's the thing i like to me it kind of made me think more of aliens because i guess because of the terminator 2 reference before I, I feel like a lot of the dialogue uh was kind of very wanted to sound kind of punch nose like a like a james cameron type script as well like i
1: think there i think there's an element to that for sure i think you're you're dead on about that about the, like the the mercs kind of
2: being like the space the
1: space marines
2: yeah, a little bit. Yeah, and what what do they call those guns? Like like triple pulse guns. And aren't the guns in Aliens called pulse rifles? Yeah. So yeah.
1: I mean, hey, if you're gonna rip off, rip off from the best. In Aliens, possibly the best action movie ever made. Possibly, yeah. possibly. Probably. I mean, I still lean Die Hard, but you know, you know me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but aliens are right up there. Don't worry, it's it's like one A, one B scenario with those two. Okay. Why were the best action movies made in the, made in the eighties, Mark? <laughs> What's wrong with this country? Why can't we make a good action movie these days? Uh,
2: oh, well, because we keep making superhero movies. Yeah,
1: well. This the listen this is a total sidetrack, so keep your answer like short. I I don't want to go down this road. But okay. are are you a fan of the Wick movies, John Wick?
2: I haven't seen them. I can't say. All right. Fair enough. All right. We'll talk about I know about that. that's that's blasphemy to some people. Fake. At some point, I'll get to them. Fair
1: enough. Don't worry. All right. So, yeah. So, the ship blows up. Our heroes make their escape. We find them. Next, we find them. Uh, it's it's dawn, uh, and they are on the island, this, this strange island that's now their savior. And, and Joey arrives on a surfboard. Uh, the, he says it was Finnegan's. I don't know if I remember seeing Finnegan with a surfboard, but whatever. And, um, yeah. Yeah. It's all, it's all happy time uh until we realize that the island that we're on something else is on the island mark Yep. We don't know what. But apparently, and I I'm sure you read this as well, uh yep. apparently this is going to be a lead into a new King Kong movie. Yep. How awesome would that
2: have been? I mean in hindsight I'm glad it never happened. <laughs> Like I like I knew what was coming, and when the movie ended, I just, I rolled my eyes. So, really? Yeah.
1: See, no, I didn't I didn't at the, at the time I didn't think they were doing like a new King Kong thing by any stretch. I I just thought it was like, oh, now we're to another monster movie, like another yeah. like some new creature or whatever, and I was okay with that. I was like, oh, I'll take more of this.
2: Yeah, you know, and and that's kind of the thing. Like I, I I remember you know when it, when I saw it in theaters and and thinking like. I was excited about that ending. I was excited to continue the story of, of, of these three. And and I always wondered, like, oh, you know, how come they, they never made a sequel? I mean, I always chalked it up to uh, just the fact that the movie didn't really make money, and, and that was unfortunate. So I was disappointed when I read it was going to be a King Kong movie. I was just like, oh, that's it? Kong? I, I would rather them have done... I'm glad they didn't do that because I wish it would have been uh, something original.
1: No, that's totally fair. And I mean, apparently like the all the stalling on getting that Kong movie off the ground is what ultimately led to Peter Jackson's 2005 Kong movie, which uh, I really liked, but apparently it's not as well-remembered as I th- feel like it should be, but what do I know?
2: I mean, it's been ages since I've seen it, but I remember thoroughly enjoying it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, but I, that was also though Warner Brothers um, after Lord of the Rings just asked Peter Jackson, "What do you want to do? We'll right. let you do anything." He said, "King Kong." So,
1: well, so I was going to ask you, and I I don't know if 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 it will uh, stir something in your brain at all or not, uh, but it wasn't too long ago that we had Kong Skull Island come out, right? Yeah. A movie that I very much enjoy. I, I don't remember your feelings on it, but I feel like you enjoy it less than I do. It, it's uh, it, fine. <laughs> and there are those creatures on uh, Skull Island that get triggered by all the, the scientific uh, devices that are being dropped onto the island. Yes. And yeah, granted, they're land-based. And we're talking about Deep Rising, this is a sea-based creature. But I sort of was like... Oh, the the way those creatures' mouths kind of opened and re- reminded me of Deep Rising and I sort of wondered if it was like maybe a tiny homage to Deep Rising, but I feel like I feel like that is me reaching and I wanted you to back me up on that.
2: <laughs> I mean, it could be I, I don't know anything about it. Um maybe maybe the filmmakers were fans of Deep Rising and 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 knew that that was that was, that was the, the intention. Yeah, the intention so was to be in
1: Kong, and you know Stephen Summers apparently was very uh, vocal about wanting to be involved in a Kong movie, but but he was already signed up for the for the the Mummy at that point, I think, if if memory right. serves. Yeah, uh, yeah, and you know, I mean, things worked out the way they did. I, you know, again, I like Sk- Kong Skull Island. I liked Peter Jackson's uh, remake of Kong, so and, you know, I can't get too mad at any of it. Right. Uh but. Again, that that is the end of Deep Rising, like sort of this this teaser cliffhanger that never really pans out because there are no no further movies with these characters, despite the fact that I would love it if they did. Um, but I dig this movie so much; I had a blast. I know you felt the exact opposite of me on this. Uh, um, I don't know. I, I I I if you had to rank the movie now, like how do you feel about it? Like like you know scale of one to ten. Like where do you put it?
2: Four. Four. Yeah.
1: Wow. I disagree.
2: I disagree. It was, yeah, it didn't take much for me to really arrive at that conclusion because it was just kind of like, it, it's not even, it's not even half and half for me. I, I, I just don't think the movie works. I think it, I think it throws a lot of things at you, a lot of elements that, that I like, but like I said, I, I, I just don't think it it's executed very well, and it it twenty years later it, it it's not it, it doesn't it doesn't it doesn't stick the landing Oof. for me.
1: Well, I I disagree. I disagree heavily. I think this movie's a blast. I think it's fun. It's whimsical. It has a charming element to it. Uh, it's it's a fun kind of brainless adventure movie. Like it's it's sort of a popcorn movie without being a big budget popcorn movie. Uh, it, and Again, I maybe I'm just a sucker for a creature feature. That that could be it, really. On I really I enjoy, especially in that first half of the film where you don't even see the creature yet, where, where they're just running from like waves, you know, like like ripples in the water. I I, I enjoy the unseen yeah. element of the horror. I'm a big fan of, of less is more. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. again, I, you're not wrong about the CGI. The the effects have not aged insanely well. Some shots are better than others um you know by by today's standards but yeah uh but by and large i i i can't i can't say pe- to, i can't tell people not to check this out for for fun all right like you just don't go into it you know take your thinking cap off and just sit there eat your popcorn have a good time watch Treat williams say now what or what now i forget which way which way he says it but yeah now what yeah but you you get a couple of star wars lines in there too you know you get get Bad feeling about this. There's like right. a lot of fun references in the film. You can watch how many times that nickel plated handgun gets passed off to different characters. There's all kinds of fun things in this flick. Uh, and and uh, girl from girl from Ipanema in an elevator. I can't top that. Apparently right. Mark can though, because he has nothing to say. <laughs> <laughs> <Okay>.
2: <laughs> yeah, have fun. Have fun watching Joey.
1: This might be the end of our Halloween episodes for the year. We'll see. Maybe we can sneak one more in. I don't know. We'll, we'll talk about it. All but right. if, if if it is the end, I thank you for being here for, for the entire month. I've had a blast watching these movies. I know it's not the hardcore horror that you are a, a bigger fan of, but I promise I'll make it up to you next year. All right. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for hanging out. I <laughs> truly appreciate it. It's always been a, it's always a blast to have you on the show. I'm glad you're here. I'm glad we did these. Uh, I'm I'm sad, I'm a little sad that uh, your 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 uh, enjoyment of, of Deep Rising is nowhere near as high as mine. Apparently.
2: <laughs> Me too. I, 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 you know, the last time I watched this movie, yeah. I, I I did enjoy it. I, I don't know. I don't know what happened. I I invited the wrong co-host on for this one. <laughs> oh, sorry.
1: Oh well. No, it, it, I think it made for a more uh interesting well-rounded discussion instead of like uh you know two two uh two slap dicks, you know, just you know saying how great it is. It's a it's a more well-rounded conversation when there's uh d- divergent opinions. So, it's all right. good. I'm, I'm I'm really appreciative of it. And it changed the direction of the show. So, th- that's a good thing. Don't worry. All right. I Again, I thank you for being here. Happy thank Halloween, you, man. man. Go have a good time. Go watch some more horror movies. Maybe the ones that are more your cup of tea. And uh, we will reconvene very, very soon. I'll talk to you later.
2: All right. Thanks for having me. All right. Bye. Bye.
1: Well, there you have it. I hope you enjoyed the conversation. Uh, it turned on me a little bit. I wasn't expecting Mark's reaction. Uh, You know, last we talked about Deep Rising, it was fond, fond memories, and uh, that wasn't the case this time around. But I still think it's a really fun movie, really enjoyable uh, romp, if you will. Just kind of a fun action adventure. Yeah, there's the horror twist, the monster movie element to it, some gruesome deaths, some some viscera, (laughs) if you will. (laughs) Go check out Deep Rising and see Treat Williams be a treat for Trick or Treat. There it is. How, uh, you like how it did that? Just wrapped it all in there, brought it all back together. Happy Halloween. Before we go, before we let you get out of here, we want to remind you all, once again, make sure you're giving us a follow on social media at TomCastPopcast on Twitter and Instagram. You can email the show TomCastPopcast at gmail.com. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Google Play, Pandora, Audible, Amazon, and so many, many more. Please check us out on whatever platform you prefer. If you're on Apple Podcast and you can take the time to give us a five-star review, they are so helpful. We thank you in advance for doing that. They are a great way to fight the algorithm. And we love to fight the algorithm. And our favorite fighters of the algorithm are the official members of Pophead Nation, which you can join if you want. Head on over to patreon.com forward slash TomCastPodcast. Join the nation and gain access to sweet, sweet, sweet bonus content. Thank you to our current Patreons, the Aspen Hill Chody, the Batman Abejo, Jeff Nail, Jeff co in the Ring and Ear, doing great stuff, new episodes available, just go check them out. Thanks to Evil Circle, the evilest of all circles, the Squidmaster General Brian Broussard, the New Jersey Devil Mark Wegemer, our very own Joker and Harley Quinn, Brian and Krista of Pride Brewing Company here in San Diego, coming soon to Baltimore, Maryland, the Beer Hop Brigadier General, Jesus Beer Hops, and of course, the newest member, the Silent Assassin, He Who Shall Not Be Named. There you have it. The official members of Pop Nation. They keep the lights on. They keep the show getting better and better every single week, every single Halloween. And yeah, I feel like um, I feel like looking back, you know, I've, I've done kind of like non-traditional Halloween movies the last like two years or so. Uh, you know, we mixed in some stuff last Halloween, but uh, this year we went really off the off the reservation with with some unconventional uh, picks. So next year, yeah, we next year I think next year we're gonna have to get into the classics, get into some real classics. And uh, that could only be a good time. because uh, It's always good to revisit the classics. Maybe they don't give you as, as many nightmares as they used to, but they're still quality entertainment for your dollar. And that's all that really, really matters in this world. All right, so like I said, this may be the last episode of Halloween for 2021. We're, we'll see. There might be something cooking, but I, I, I got to bring a few elements together here. We'll see what shakes out. Otherwise, everyone have a great, happy Halloween. Stay safe. Do fun things. Uh, don't don't bob for apples. That sounds terrible. It sounds like a really bad time. But by all means, go get candy and eat it all because candy is delicious. And brush your teeth afterwards because, you know, you, the cavities, they're not worth it. The dentist is not worth it. But the candy's good, and don't worry. You have my support on all the candy. We'll have, to, we'll have to talk about candy sometime on the show. That'd be fun, too. Anyways, we're going to go. We're going to get out of here. We will talk to you very, very soon. New episodes in the pipe already, lined up, ready to rock and roll and blow your socks off. All right, let's talk soon. We'll get out of here. Ciao, babes.
2: Great story. Compelling and rich.
1: So the Tribe drops its third straight on this trip, 6-1 to one to the Rangers. For the Indians, one run on, let's say, one
0: hit. That's all, we got one goddamn hit. You can't say goddamn on
2: the air. Don't worry, nobody's listening anyway.
0: We're not gonna be fucking sunk this year! We're the Stanley Cup champions! Yeah!